0: Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we reveal the Tampa Bay Buccaneers all-decade team. Guys, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed listen up blue chew that's blue like the color blue blue chew brings you the first chewable with the same fda approved active ingredients as viagra and cialis so you know they work you can take them anytime day or night even on a full stomach and since they're chewable they work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises now this isn't just for guys who can't perform it's for any guy who wants that extra function To enhance their performance in the bedroom. For instance, you know, a lot of guys talk a big game, but if you're a one and done kind of guy, Blue Chew can even help you get to round number two blue chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package so no in-person doctor's visits no waiting in the pharmacy and best of all no more awkwardness they're made in the usa and since blue chew prepares and ships direct they're cheaper than the pharmacy right now we've got a special deal for all our listeners visit blue and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code locked on just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's blue dot Promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to try Blue Chew for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster
1: choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. At the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some football. Game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives. Running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, and mybookie.ag is the best in the business. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate this offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON. L O C K E D O N. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid.
0: What's up, and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by Bailey Adams. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com, and make sure you follow along on Twitter, at Locked on Bucks at Jay Yarko underscore Bucks, at Bailey J. Adams 22 and at Bucks underscore Nation. Bailey, it is time. Last week, you and I nominated the all-decade defensive team then David and I nominated the all-decade offensive team, and the results are in. The people have voted, the people have spoken, and we have named the best players of a decade of sadness.
2: I'm just glad I'm going to be able to get some sleep tonight. I've been, I've been just losing sleep every night and wanting to know the results of this.
0: I find that very hard to believe, but <laughs> we are here to reveal these. Now, I know the results. You do not know the results. I do not. So we're going to have you guess a little bit as to who you think landed on the all-decade team. And so I will defer to you, good sir. Would you like to start with the offense or the defense?
2: Let's start with the offense. I think it'll be a little bit easier.
0: All right. Well, on offense, of course, the quarterback nominees were Jameis Winston, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Josh Freeman. So Bailey, who do you believe is the all decade quarterback for the Buccaneers?
2: It had to be Jameis.
0: It was indeed Jameis receiving okay. 79% of the
2: votes. It's not a very high bar, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's all the records he broke, all of the yeah, all the records, all the great plays he had other than the interceptions he threw. It's not surprising. And I'm honestly a little bit surprised it was only 79
0: yeah, uh I Josh Freeman came in last. I think he got five percent of the votes. Poor Josh Freeman. Wow. Shiano really, really messed up that kid. Uh, not that he didn't mess up him. So that's a story for another day. Anyway. <laughs> um, so yes, the quarterback of the decade was in fact Jameis Winston. Moving on to running back, and I'm not gonna remember all the nominees off the top of my head. I will do my best. Um but for running back, the nominees were Cadillac Williams, Doug Martin, Garrett Blount, and Peyton Barber. So, Bailey, who do you think came away with that one?
2: I'm going to go with Doug Martin.
0: It was Doug Martin. You are two for two. Doug Ooh. Martin received 43.6% of the votes. Um, it was not not a, a huge percentage, but then you got to figure three guys split up. Uh, basically the remaining 56%. Uh, He, he played for the Bucs from 2012 to 2017 and was probably the best running back out of the group. Uh, Cadillac received some nostalgic votes, I'm sure, because I made him a nostalgic uh, nominee. But we're going to move on to wide receiver. Now, there were three wide receivers voted to the team, and these percentages obviously are not going to add up to 100 because people had to pick three To get in. So it's the total percentage of all of the voters that chose these guys. So each of these players' percentages are out of a hundred. Um, so the nominees were Mike Evans, Mike Williams, Vincent Jackson, Deshaun Jackson, Chris Godwin, Adam Humphreys, and I think there was one more. Was there one more? Help me out, Bailey. I
2: can't remember any other ones.
0: You were on that show. I was not, not really? on that show. Uh, I I do have it. Okay, so it was Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Vincent Jackson, Mike Williams, Adam Humphreys, and Deshaun Jackson. So I got them all. Okay, yeah, them. we're good.
2: So I'm picking three so of them.
0: So you are picking three of those.
2: All right. Mike Evans is the easy one. Vincent Jackson should be okay. an easy one. And okay. I'll go Mike Williams.
0: You got two of the three.
2: Mike Evans came
0: in with 99.5% of the vote. Who didn't vote for Mike (laughs) Evans? Make yourself known because that's ridiculous.
2: Probably the same person. Vincent Jackson. Derek Jeter for the Hall of Fame.
0: Well, no, that person's a hero. Okay, we're not getting into that. (laughs) If Ken Griffey Jr. is not a unanimous selection, Derek Jeter shouldn't be either.
2: Sorry, David. I'm just
0: saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> Vincent Jackson came in as wide receiver 2, receiving 85.1% of the votes, and Chris Godwin received 84.2%, beating out Mike Williams to be wide receiver 3, and that's something David and I talked about was is the recency bias going to push Godwin over the top because Mike Williams was an incredible receiver, who then got himself in some trouble? So maybe that that affected a little bit of the voting there. Uh, people remember the the bitter taste that it left. Um, you know when he uh, when he decided to you know basically trash a rental house. Uh, of course, Mike Evans, receiver for the Bucks from 2014 to 2019. Vincent Jackson, 2012 to 2016. Chris Godwin, 2017 to 2019. Moving on to tight ends. Our nominees were O.J. Howard, Cameron Brait, and Dallas Clark. So, Bailey, who do you believe is the all-decade team tight end?
2: I have to go with Cameron Brait.
0: You are on fire, sir. Let's go. 81.6% of the votes for Cameron Brait, tight end for the Buccaneers from 2014 to 2019. Uh, now, now is when we're going to get a little interesting. We're going to talk about the trenches, and we're going to start in the middle with the center. Now, our nominees were Jeremy Zuta, Jeff Fain, and Ryan Jensen. Oh, gosh. So, who is the center?
2: Oh, man. I'm going to go with, oh, man, Jeremy Zuta.
0: It was indeed... Oh my God. Ryan Jensen.
2: <laughs> Here's my thinking on that. My thinking was okay, oh, maybe I'm sorry. I'll think- I'm sorry. Joe
0: Holly was also in there. My apologies. But it was
2: Ryan Jensen. Anyway. It was
0: Ryan Jensen who came away with 34.6% of the vote. Zutah coming in second with 27.8.
2: My thinking there was maybe the recency bias would have a little bit swayed in. in- Ryan Jensen's favor. But then I also kind of thought, you know, there are some people that aren't huge fans of Ryan Jensen for whatever reason. I mean, I think he had a great year in 2019. Um, so I was I was, I almost went Ryan Jensen. And then I kind of thought, hmm, maybe people aren't aren't too happy with him. But yeah, I mean that's not that's well deserved. Well, you have a
0: chance at redemption. As we talk about the guards. Now there were three nominees, and obviously two of them had to be selected. So the nominees were Davin Joseph, Logan Mankins, and Ali Marpet. Ali Marpet. Ali Marpet is indeed in with ninety point two percent of the vote.
2: Who didn't vote so, for Ali Marpet?
0: The probably the same people that didn't vote for Mike Evans. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> so the um the second guard, is it gonna be Davin Joseph or is it gonna be Logan Mankins?
2: Oh, Let me go with Logan Mankins. Davin Joseph
0: is the other guard coming in at 61.9%. Logan Mankins only got 48% of the vote.
2: That'd be a longevity thing, right? I would think so. I thought, uh, I thought a lot of people really enjoyed Menken's, Menken's, uh tenure in Tampa, but I, I guess... I was
0: a big fan. I yeah. I voted for Logan
2: Mankins. I
0: believe I did, too. So. All right. And finally, rounding out the offense, we have Offensive Tackle. The nominees were Damar Dotson, Donald Penn, and Donovan Smith.
2: I'm going Damar Dotson and Donald Penn. You
0: would be correct on both counts. Donald Penn getting 90.8% of votes. Wow. DeMar Dotson, 75.3%, leaving poor Donovan Smith with only 33.8% of the vote. Um, <laughs> yeah, I kind of saw that one coming a mile away.
2: Definitely. I think I think people do kind of forget, though, because of the last year or two. But DeMar Dotson, early on in the decade, I mean, for most of the decade, really, I thought, was was a fantastic tackle and when they signed him to that contract extension I was actually at training camp that day um so I got to sit in on his on his press conference and I remember at the time everyone was talking about how well deserved it was and you know I think age has just kind of caught up with him here in the last year or two um but yeah I mean I think it kind of gets overlooked how how good he was for most of the decade
0: All right so a recap here the offense for the 2010s Jameis Winston, Doug Martin, Mike Evans, Vincent Jackson, Chris Godwin, Cameron Brait, Ryan Jensen, Ali Marpet, Davin Joseph, Donald Penn, and Damar Dotson. Now, Bailey, is there anybody who did not get selected that you are a little
2: disappointed about? Um, honestly, no. I, I think... I was a little bit disappointed that Mike Williams wasn't uh, selected, but I can't be mad that Chris Godwin was, you know, I think if it had it been, I mean, I don't know. I had it been Deshaun Jackson instead. Um, then I would be a little more upset, but I can't say Chris Godwin doesn't deserve it. I just thought Mike Williams, people might've forgotten a little bit about how good he was uh, in his time in Tampa, but I can't really argue with any of the offensive line choices. Can't argue with anything else. Um, it's not a bad offense really.
0: Yeah, well, the the one that stuck out to me besides Mike Williams, and, and I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I'm a little disappointed that he didn't get in, but I'm not mad that Chris Godwin got in in his place. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one that I was a little bummed about was Cadillac Williams, and I realized Cadillac only played one year within the decade, which uh, you know made it difficult for him to get in. He didn't have a stellar year, but that's that nostalgia. For For me, I was a huge Cadillac Williams fan. It broke my heart when he tore his patella tendon twice um mm. and his comeback story was just absolutely incredible, so I was really hoping he was gonna sneak in there. but I think ultimately Doug Martin was the right choice and uh you know there was there was one glaring omission, I believe from the nominees, which David and I talked about we um we left uh, a guy off the ballot for personal reasons, that being Kellen Winslow at the tight mm-hmm. end position who was, you know, he was great when he was with the Bucks, but yeah, not, uh, not a good guy that, uh, that Kellen Winslow. So obviously he did not make the team, but ultimately I think the voters got it right. I have a, a few more bones to pick about the defense than I do the offense. So let's go ahead and dive into that Bailey. And oh, we're going to start. We are going to start up front. And uh, at defensive tackle, you were, you were part of this nominating committee, but I'm sure you've probably forgotten all the players that we <laughs> talked about. Uh, the nominees were Gerald McCoy, and Sue, Vita Vea, and Clinton McDonald. So, Bailey, who do you believe are the Buccaneers' all-decade team defensive tackles?
2: I think it should be Gerald McCoy and Clinton McDonald. I don't think it's gonna be okay,
0: you are half right, yeah, uh Gerald McCoy, defensive tackle from twenty ten to twenty eighteen, and before people start jumping in the Twitter mentions to yell at me, I'm only listing the years that they played during the decade. <laughs> okay, that's the whole point of this. It's the all decade team, so if they were drafted before twenty ten. I'm obviously not going to mention that because that's not part of the decade, just like I say, you know, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Cameron Braid were until 2019. Well, that was the end of the decade. So that's the whole point that I'm I'm trying to get across. Obviously, some of these guys were here before 2010. Some of these guys will be here after 2019. But We're talking about this 10 year span. So Gerald McCoy from 2010 to 2018, he received 80% of the vote. And the other defensive tackle, Vita Vea, from 2018 to 2019, getting 60% of the vote.
2: I mean, I can't complain too much. I Mc, McDonald was a personal favorite of mine, and then part of me wanted to think I was going to be McCoy and Sue, just because I thought the people that are are McCoy haters, I thought were going to kind of get in here and, and say, "Oh no, Sue Sue had a year uh, worth worth talking about." So, no, I, mean, I don't think that's necessarily wrong. I think. Vita Vea and Gerald McCoy, I can't complain.
0: All right. Well, defensive end, our nominees, Jason Pierre-Paul, Jacque Smith, Carl Nassib, William Golston, and Michael Bennett. So, Bailey, who who do you believe are the all-decade defensive ends? Let me go Jason Pierre-Paul and Michael Bennett. You would be correct, sir. Jason Pierre-Paul, defensive end from 2018 to 2019, 88% of the vote. Uh, Michael Bennett, 2010 to 2012, 75% of the vote. That is a huge, huge number for Michael Bennett in a Buccaneers uniform. I think he got a lot of votes for his post-Buccaneers career because he was not 75% worthy when he was in Tampa.
2: (laughs) I think a lot of people too might have been thinking, I don't remember what year it was, but there was a year recently where he was about to become available and he had talked about, I think he said something about wanting to come back to Tampa or he'd never wanted to leave Tampa. And I think people kind of were clinging onto that and that might've kind of snuck into their minds as they were, were uh, voting here.
0: Very, very possible. I, I won't, I won't argue that point. Now, this, this is one of the tougher categories in my opinion, and that's the category of linebacker. So Bailey, we nominated Levante David, Quan Alexander, Devin White, Adam Hayward, Shaquille Barrett, and Mason Foster. We chose three.
2: So who do you believe those three are? Levante David, Quan Alexander, and Shaq Barrett.
0: Correct, correct, correct. Levante David, linebacker from 2012 to 2019, got 90% of the votes Shaq Barrett, only in 2019, 75% of the votes. And Quan Alexander, 2015 to 2018, 66% of the votes.
2: Ain't no complaints.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to argue, even though Shaq has only been here one year. The one year that he had was one of the most impactful defensive seasons that we have seen from the Buccaneers in this decade. And so, ever. yeah, or, or ever. Um, all right. Corner. Hmm. Do you remember our corner nominees? How many were there? There was five.
2: I remember there was Rondé Barber. There was, there was Darrell Revis. There was, there was Brent Grimes. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Are the other two obvious? Cause I'm, I'm forgetting
0: them. Well, one of them was one that you nominated.
2: Do I have? Oh man, I did nominate another one. Alteron Werner. Oh yeah, wow. and Akib Talib. Oh Akib Talib, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay.
0: So my personal votes were Rondé Barber and Darrell Rivas. But Bailey, who do you believe the fans voted as the two All-Decade corners?
2: Rondé Barber and Akib Talib.
0: You would be correct, Rondé. But Bar- now here's here's where I have issues. Ronde Barber, corner from 2010 to 2012,
2: 88% of the vote. False.
0: That's 100. Get out of here. 88%. What 12% of, of Buccaneers fans are not voting for Ronde Barber? Who do they vote Who do they vote for? Is there two corners? I blame you for putting Alteron Verner on the list at all.
2: <laughs> that is ridiculous. I don't think Alteron Werner took away votes from Ronde Barber. And if he did, then that is not my fault. That is the fault of the voters. Here we are just trashing the voters right now.
0: <laughs> thank Madness. you all for voting. Well, yes, we do thank you for voting, but <laughs> please explain yourself. Uh, Akib Dalib, also a corner from 2010 to 2012, receiving 60% of the votes. Finally, safety. New safeties. The nominee again, Rondé Barber. Deshaun Goldson, Keith Tandy, Bradley McDougal, Tenard Jackson, Mark Barron, and Chris Conti. So, out of those, Bailey, who are the all-decade team safeties?
2: I'm going to say Ronde Barber and Keith Tandy.
0: You are correct on one of them: Ronde Barber. Okay. 70%. And this is the only thing that I can think of. That, that took away some of his corner votes is because he did play safety more in the decade than he did corner. And maybe people felt, well, the safeties are so terrible that I'm going to vote for Rondé for safety and use my cornerback vote on somebody else, whether it had been, um, you know, Revis or Grimes or whoever. I don't have uh, the the percentages of the people that didn't make it for, the defense, because the poll was a little different, and David added it all up for me and sent it over, whereas the offense, I had screenshots and and could just read them off. But that's the only thing that I think hurt 12% of Rondé on the corner was um, was the fact that people voted him for safety. So, yeah, Rondé Barber, 70%. The other safety, Tanar Jackson. Okay. Safety from 2010 to 2011. Receiving forty six percent
2: of the vote. Interesting. I think the funny thing about Rondé Barber and people that might have had that thought that he played mostly safety in the decade. The fact that he played mostly safe. The fact is that he played mostly safety in the decade, but was still the best corner of the decade because he's Rondé Barber.
0: True statement. For sure. All right, Bailey. We have moved on to the special teams. Section. Well, first, before we do that, any any players that made it or players that didn't make it that you're really disappointed about as far as the defensive side of the ball?
2: Uh, like I said, I was a little disappointed that Clinton McDonald didn't get the nod, but Vita Vea isn't a, isn't a bad pick either. Um, Keith Tandy, I think, is just a personal favorite of mine, just near and dear to my heart for the, the end of that 2016 season. So that's kind of why I leaned that way. Um, other than that, I can't really complain about anything else. I know uh, Mason Foster, I thought, warranted some votes, but yeah, I can't argue with the three that were chosen. Linebacker was definitely, I think, the the toughest toughest to choose from. And then as far as the the secondary, yeah, I don't really have any complaints.
0: Yeah, the the couple that I was a little disappointed in, I thought Darrell Revis's one year was better than Akeem Talib's three years. Um, Maybe that's because I'm chalking up too much of the off field drama to Aqib Talib before he moved on or was shipped out, however you want to look at it, and uh, kind of grew up a little bit. Um, I also remember him getting picked on quite a bit in that uh, New York Giants massive comeback uh, where where the Buccaneers blew quite the substantial lead. Uh, safety, I also voted for Keith Tandy over Tanar Jackson. I can't argue with Tanar Jackson's talent. He was incredible. He just couldn't stay out of trouble, you know, kind of a running theme with uh, with the Buccaneers defense. Well, and, and offense, if you want to talk about Mike Williams and uh, as far as defensive end is concerned, I actually voted for William Golston over Michael Bennett, if nothing else, for the longevity. And no, he's not the the pass rusher, but he he did play his role well throughout his years in Tampa, and uh, I, I always appreciated that. So he had my vote at defensive end, but I'm not disappointed that Michael Bennett was able to get in.
2: Yeah, that's another one, actually. I meant to bring bring Will Golston up because he is, for the longevity and, and for him playing his role as well as he has, I think he gets overlooked. I think we talked about this last week when we were doing the nominations um, when we talked about Golston is that it's easy to overlook him because he doesn't put up the numbers. He doesn't put up the sacks and all that, but his longevity and, and I think his ability to play his role really well um, definitely warrants some some celebration and some fanfare, but yeah, I mean I can't argue too much because uh, Michael Bennett I thought deserved it as well.
0: All right. Well, we will move over to the special teams section. The nominees for punter were Brian Anger and Michael Kanan. Bailey, who is the all-decade punter?
2: Mm, Brian Anger.
0: You are correct. 75% of the vote. Brian Anger, the Buccaneers punter from 2016 to 2018. Kicker, Patrick Murray, Matt Gay, and Connor Barth. Connor Barth. Connor Barth, Buccaneers kicker from 2010 to 2012, and again in 2015 received 77.1% of the vote. That's a lot. 20, I'm not surprised. 23% split between... uh Matt Gay and old Pat Murray and return specialist. The nominees were Michael Spurlock and Deshaun Jackson. Bailey, who was named the all decade team return specialist?
2: I didn't even remember that this was a category. Um, Michael Spurlock.
0: It was Spurlock. Spurlock nostalgia he, he was a return specialist from 2010 to 2011 received 69.8 percent of the vote
2: that's fair i mean i don't i think we, you guys talked about that one on the offensive nominations right yes yeah i think i remember y'all talking a little bit about Deshaun jackson and him only returning a little bit i think spurlock definitely deserved the nod there
0: All right, and the final category. Oh, this one. Head coach of the decade. The nominees were Raheem Morris, Greg Schiano, Lovey Smith, Dirk Cutter,
2: and Bruce Arians. <laughs> I'm going to go with Bruce Arians. What a lineup that is. I'm going with Bruce Arians. Guess the percentage. 98.
0: Not quite that extreme. But yeah, Bruce Arians voted as the Buccaneers head coach of the decade for just one year with a losing record. <laughs>
2: 76.5%. I can't. And that's the thing is I think he has so much respect just from the fan base already, even before he got before he even started here. Um, that that was warranted and then put up against the rest of, of the guys who were all fired and, and sent out of town. I can't be surprised. I think the one I almost thought people would have a, a little bit more um, of a, of a thoughtful vote for was dirt cutter just because of the, the one winning season. Um, and I don't know the, the offensive firepower, I guess, but yeah, Bruce Arians is the best coach of the decade. And the best coach that this franchise has seen in a very, very long time. Basically, since
0: before the decade when yeah. they had John Gruden for most of that decade.
2: Is he already well, like, I don't know, I can't go. I don't know if I can say that. I to say is he already the third best coach in, in Bucks history, but I can't give too much slack to the the early days.
0: Yeah, I would still say uh John McKay would be the, yeah. the third best coach. Uh, dude was dealt a real bad hand. who buddy. Was he dealt a bad hand? But sure enough, you know, they start off, oh, what was it? Oh, and 24? 26, 0 oh, and, right? oh, and 26. And then <laughs> the next year, they go to the NFC Championship and lose to the Rams. Wild.
2: Yeah, he deserves, he wild.
0: deserves that number three spot. Yeah. Yeah, but... Here's the question, Bailey. Who would have been the head coach of the decade for the 2000s? Do you no. give it to Gruden because he won the Super Bowl? Or do you give it to Dungy because he's the one that built the foundation?
2: Uh, I, think, I think it's got to be Gruden based on him coming in, winning the Super Bowl his first year, and then going on to the playoffs a couple more times. Um it's tough though. I mean, that that it's an age-old argument that I don't think will ever really die because anytime you bring up John Gruden and winning the Super Bowl, even to non-Bucks fans, I've had people tell me, "Well, that was Gruden, that was a that was Dungy's team." Right, yeah, oh, I've idea. had the same. Yeah, so it's it's a it's an argument that will never die and, and I can't say it should die. I guess it's really it's a fair argument.
0: Yeah, I actually a long time ago, I don't think it was with Bucks Nation. I think it's back when we were at the Pewter Plank. I did a deep dive um into John Gruden's Super Bowl team and talked about all the changes that he made and basically how, you know, people say it was Dungy's team, well, more than half the roster was changed between Dungy and Gruden. Yeah, people forget there were that. 27 different players. I forget. But, yeah. That. Pepperidge Farm remembers <laughs> that commercial is too old for you. You don't know. I I, mean, stations. I don't
2: know about the commercial, but and I do know about the commercial only because it's become a meme. So I do know the commercial, but I don't think I would know it. Oh, yeah, it
0: I guess that is true. <laughs> All right. Oh, fair enough. Um, Yeah, I mean, it was it was Dungy's defense, but it was Gruden's offense. Yeah, you had new players like. Michael Pittman and Joe Jurevicius and Keenan McCardell like key, key components to um, to that Super Bowl team. And yeah, they don't win if if Gruden doesn't make those those uh, those roster moves.
2: Yeah, because I mean, the the offense is obviously what they needed. and I know in that Super Bowl video that I've watched probably a 100 times, maybe um, I'm pretty sure it was. When they brought in Keyshawn, there was a little talking head for, for Sap where he said something about a conversation he had with Keyshawn saying, like, you just give me those extra few points. You give me those extra few points, we're going, we're going to win it. And they did.
0: Yeah, but it wasn't because of Keyshawn, that's yeah, for no, sure. No. Uh, Keyshawn. Uh, I still remember when Gruden just sent him home midseason. Just like, get out of here. <laughs> get out of my face. It's going to be really, really interesting to see John Gruden coach Jameis Winston next year.
2: Oh, boy. That's a that's a statement. That's a thing you just said. <laughs> that is a thing that I just said. Mm. But
0: you know, to take it one step further, since he's not here to defend himself, David threw out the situation where Jameis signs with the Las Vegas Raiders and the Bucks trade for Derek Carr, pinning the Buccaneers versus Raiders on week one Monday night football for the Winston versus Carr
2: double revenge game? Well, I mean, if it goes anything like Jameis' first NFL debut against a quarterback that he had ties to, then the Bucks would be in good shape. Which corner is taking the first
0: pass of the game back for a touchdown? Is it Sean Murphy bunting, Jamel Dean, or Carlton Davis? It's Sean Murphy bunting. Sean Murphy Bunting, excellent. I like that pick.
2: We are way, we are way looking into the future right now. But if this actually happens, I demand credit. Yeah. Please credit. I want I want Adam Schefter citing you. (laughs) I had it first.
0: That is true. You you did have it first. All right. Well, Bailey, I think that's gonna wrap up this episode. It was kind of a short and sweet one. Um, you know, wanted to wanted to get the all decade team out there. We appreciate each and every one of you that voted. We appreciate each and every one of the BucksNation.com readers who voted. We had corresponding uh corresponding column and, and podcasts each day. So it it hit two different platforms. Um coming up tomorrow, we are gonna talk about a few prospects with a special guest not going to reveal a name just in case something happens and uh and things fall through but the rumor is the rumor is david harrison will be back for tomorrow's episode cannot confirm but that is the speculation at this time but until then please Check out everything going on over at bucksnation.com. Send us your voicemails to 813 444 5841. Follow along on Twitter at locked bucks, at jarco underscore bucks, at bailey J. adams 22 and at bucks underscore nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Hope those of you that stay awake for a uh, Tampa Bay Lightning West Coast game are just hooked up to a coffee IV this morning because God bless you. I couldn't do it. We thank you all so much for joining us right here at law.